0: Everybody, all right, man. Good morning. Good to see some new faces in here again this morning. I love it, love it. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you, I do want to. We uh we have a vision of uh, at, here at New City Church that. Everybody is known and known that they are known. So we're going to do we do several things about that. We actually have started sign up sheets uh, a little while back. So if you will take the clipboard and put your name down, we are doing this for a purpose for lots of different reasons. We are uh, wanting to get to know each and every person here. It is a Vital concern of ours, of actually vital concern of God's that that everyone is known. I'm going to talk about that here in just a little bit about what that means. And if you are new, which uh, several of you haven't met yet, or you may this may be your second time or haven't been back in a while, if you would put uh, some information on the connect card as and as the buckets go around at the end of the service, uh, put that down. Now I picked up one last week or from last week. Happened to be up here, I saw a connect card and it said. Uh, I want to be baptized. I'm like, well, that's kind of an important one, right? I like that. So so make sure you get that in the bucket. Otherwise, you can't get baptized. I'm kidding. You can still get baptized. But we want to know that so we can contact you. We can make sure that um, that uh, we're able to uh, uh, get with everybody, get to know everybody. And, and honestly, man, if there's prayer requests, if there's physical needs, financial needs, personal needs, spiritual needs that we can be praying for specifically. We have a whole team of people that meet every single week and pray over these prayers, so men don't don't think that they're unheard, or just because you stick them on a com, a connect card that they're not going to be heard, they are heard, we do pray for them, and it is important for us to do that. Amen. amen. My name is Casey if i didn't say before, I am one of the pastors here at New City Church. We have several pastors, several pe- folks that help do the the teaching and the pastoring and and, and all that stuff and this morning as you know we have we started a new series called put a bow on it now the reason we start this whole put a bow on it i am probably the worst gift wrapper of of all like we help with the uh, Frontier Days to wrap gifts for Frontier Days, the Mayor's Christmas tree lighting and the gift giving. And and I'm surprised people don't go, no, we're good. <laughs> you know, uh, don't, don't come help, Case. You can send people from your church, but don't. Because I'm like the newspaper duct tape guy. Like, yeah, that's right. Because I like ripping stuff over. I heard some amens. I like this church. I love this church, right? But the, there is something about... When somebody, by the way, gift bags are probably one of the greatest inventions of all time, man. It's like, hey, man, it looks like I, looks like I did, so that's pretty. Put some tissue paper on top of this thing I put it into a bag, and yeah, man, I worked hard on that. But, but there is something about getting a gift, right, that has been meticulously wrapped and and carefully wrapped almost like you don't want to rip it open like it's like oh, i gotta be careful with that or get a little exacto knife and cut off the tape and and unfold it and save the paper but but how many of us have saved bows like for years right we saved the like, yeah so we have got bags of bows from 1977 right that we still use today but there's something about putting a bow on a gift that somehow makes it complete like makes it special and for us, man, Jesus—and we're going to talk about this. Jesus came and gave Himself for us, amen. I mean, like the Father sent Jesus. In fact, let's look at um, John three sixteen. We talk about this a whole bunch, but we're going to look at these different bows that we're talking that we're going to talk about. Last week we talked about hope, right? And this bow, meaning that that yes, we have a gift. Yes, we have been given salvation, but there are bows that people should know us by. One of them we talked about last week was hope. This week we we're going to talk about peace. We're going to talk about next week joy. As a matter of fact, this well, this is, you'll you'll see this all over in Christmas time, like "Joy to the World," right? We got Prince of Peace back here. Uh, you know, we talk we're going to talk about ultimately love. I mean, at the, when we conclude this series, but but let's look at the gospel itself. And see what it actually has to say. John 3, and we talked a little bit about it last week. John three sixteen through 18. So he said, for God so loved the world that he gave, right? This is a gift. His one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. What he's saying is that, hey, we have a natural destiny without Jesus, which is why we need a Savior, right? The natural destiny is condemnation. The natural destiny that we're going we're gonna, to, uh, if we don't know Jesus, we're going to go to hell. We've got to understand that. That's the reality of who we are. It's not that God sends people to hell. It's like that's where we're going without him, amen? And so when we talk about these things, like like Jesus comes in, and when he comes and he's given as a gift to us, he steps into adulthood, and in the very first public ministry sermon called the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, he comes out and he says lots of things like blessed are this, blessed are that, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the uh, the poor in spirit, blessed are those who are humble, that kind of thing. And he says in verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, right, for they will be called children of god and that makes sense so when you hear something like that you think man that's right we're supposed to go help people make peace with one another live at peace with one another that kind of thing and if we read things out of context if you will sometimes we'll get those scriptures and what jesus is commanding incorrect right and it is important to do to live at peace with everyone that is as much as we possibly can but in matthew 10 just five chapters later Here's Jesus sending out his disciples, and he's telling them, don't be afraid. Hey, listen, it's going to be wild. But he says this, and it sounds like it almost can hurt our head a little bit. It says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to earth. I did not come to bring peace, but, but a sword. Now, wait a minute, man. Now, like you hear people say this, all. well, there's a lot of contradictions in the scriptures, right? Like, there, you know, the Bible said Jesus had contradictions, all this kind of stuff. And, and if, by looking at those two, you would think, wow, man, Jesus is saying one thing and doing another. And some people are like, like, well, is Jesus saying basically do as I say, not as I do? He said, oh, you need to make peace, but I didn't come to do that. Man, is Jesus telling his followers to do something that that he's not willing to do himself? And we got to understand this, man. I I had a Facebook post that you get those Facebook posts that pop up every once in a while, like, oh, for eight years ago, you had this posting. It was like on this day. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Actually, I'm not a big seminary guy, but I have taken a couple of classes in seminary, and one of the classes I took was from a a guy named Dr. Alan Tomlinson, who is a brilliant brilliant guy and this is one thing he said all the time and this happened to pop up yesterday i'm like wow i'm actually gonna use one of his quotes tomorrow and it says he, he said this over and over and over and you can start filling out your bulletins here now too He says or you can fill it out on your app or in the paper bulletin either way it says context determines meaning like, we can't take a scripture out of context and say we know what it means. A lot of times we, we don't really understand that. Like, like we, some of us have a life verse, which I am, I am not saying don't have. I'm saying be careful about your life verse because many times we want to apply it to our lives in a way that it didn't, was never meant to be applied. Amen? Context determines meaning. Uh, the second thing is, and this is one of the things that the world always says perception is not reality. I hear that all the time. Well, perception is reality. No, it's not, right? Sometimes perception is just <laughs> jacked up wrong, man. It, it looks like, it perceives like the earth is flat, but it is, it is not, right? Reality is reality. And so let's talk about this whole idea of peace, what it means, and what it really, un, like when we start looking at the, this, this idea of peace, like if Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, but he said "I didn't come to bring peace, we need to understand what he's talking about, Right? This uh, this word peace is is a word called a irene. I think I'm saying it right, but if you Greek freaks know, I'm know, know I'm saying it incorrectly. Correct me, please. But it's called irene, right? And it means means essentially that there is a there is a peace that we can have with with God right? Ultimately, our, the whole idea of peace and the whole idea of what it means to have peace is not so that people can get along, because if everybody gets along, but everybody goes to hell, it doesn't make any difference, right? I mean, amen? I mean, so if, so if we all get along, and we're all, we're all destined down this, but in the meantime, we're all at peace with one another, it doesn't matter does it ultimately what matters is that that we are at peace with God and so when Jesus steps on the scene on the Sermon on the Mount and he says over and over blessed are the the, those who mourn blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are this blessed are that this whole idea of what it means to be a, a be blessed is that God knows you he knows your name right he recognizes and in, in fact this makes sense when you start looking at the other things that Jesus says he says on that day on the the day of judgment there are going to be people that are surprised that that they to say but, but lord didn't we didn't we cast out demons in your name didn't we perform miracles in your name and he goes away from me i never knew you right i mean this is kind of what, like you're not blessed in that in that way a lot of times people think well god god's really blessed me with this and this and this the blessings that Jesus is talking about is god recognizes you And he says, blessed are you. So the vision of New City Church that everyone is known and knows that they are known is a practical practical application of a godly characteristic. So let's get into the scriptures here, and what Jesus is talking about and he's saying, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are those who do this. And he says in verse nine, we already talked about it. Blessed are the, everybody say this with me, peacemakers, right? And the root word of that peacemaker is the root word a arene that we talked about a second. So he said, for they will be called sons of God. But look what, what it says in verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Now this is like, Jesus, really? I got I to... When somebody says something wrong about me, I got to rejoice and be glad, yes, if it's because of me. See, a lot of us go through that, don't we? Like, man, I love Jesus, man, I love, I love him, and I, and I want to do what he wants me to do. And people are like, oh, so you ain't going to hang with us no more like you used to, Jesus freak? Anybody ever, has that ever happened to anybody, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I, if, if it hasn't happened, uh, it's common right? Like, all of a sudden, people are like, oh, so you're going to judge me now? Is that what you're trying? Oh, so you're going to be one of those Bible thumpers, one of those church goers? you're going to be not going to hang with us, and all that kind of stuff, right? He says, rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let me clarify something. Jesus went into The parties he went into the places he went into the world he didn't say i'm god i can't hang out with those lowly people he went and and showed them who what love really is and what what peace with god is all about so let's look at that other scripture in 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 context when jesus sends out his disciples Uh, matthew 10 starting in verse 26 says so do not be afraid of them the most the most Commanded, commanded all of Scripture. Do not be afraid. Do not be scared. Have courage. Those kinds of things. He said, "There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known." What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim it to the from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell man this is wild stuff right our, 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 listen to this though are not two sparrows sold for a penny yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered some of us have fewer than others right but they're still numbered right some have four some have four thousand i'm just saying so don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows god has created you better than any of his other creations man we need to understand that amen like man we walk around like i'm nobody i'm nothing I mean, that's a blasphemy against god man. he created you like 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 made you in the womb fearfully and wonderfully i'm always wondering about this like like what was it like on the day that he made man like he makes all the earth and all the space and all the expanse of absolutely everything and 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 perfectly puts it all together with gravitational pull and 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 and, you know magnetic fields and and all kinds of stuff creates light which makes all the i mean just incredible stuff photosynthesis water all that kind i mean incredible stuff beautiful amazing sunsets awesome wonderful i mean hawaii you look at hawaii you go man this is gorgeous right and yet we're fearfully and wonderfully made. I imagine like all the heavenly hosts gathering around God going, hey, I'm going to make man today. And they make him and the heavenly hosts go, man, look at that, look at that, look at that. And then man is made and they go, Ooh. oh, God, they look like you. Wow. Man, that's, that's amazing. I mean, that other stuff was cool, but when you made people in your image, Man, that blows my, our minds, right? I mean, think about the fearfully and wonderfully, what that means. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. Whoever, he says, so don't be afraid, you're worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him, acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, oh man, and how many times do we actually do that? Without even realizing it, I'll talk about it in a second. I will disown him before my father in heaven. Do not suppose that I, listen. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He even doubles down. It's like, it's like man, man, Jesus, are you sure about this, right? And listen to what he says. after He doesn't turn away for high. I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And that has happened to a lot of us in here as soon as we come to know Jesus. I have talked to people that said, man, I, my wife left me because I came to know Jesus. My parents threw me out of the house because I came to know Jesus. I mean, it's, it's wild stuff. But this is what Jesus is talking about. Do not be afraid, man, because ultimately it's about peace with him. Amen. And I love the fact. That I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up knowing God. I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. But my parents, all the step parents that I have. I've got parents out the Yang, right? All know Jesus. Now, just wait. Be patient. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, right? And they follow me. I give them eternal life. But it, Jesus continues to say in verse 37, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me, is not worthy of me wow anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me anyone who does not take his cross the most egregious curse word you could ever say in the first century jesus said a curse word yes but for the glory i mean you got to think about that like i'm not giving you permission to do the s word f word P word, C any other, stuff, any other four letter, three letter, whatever, curse word. I'm not saying, yeah, you can go ahead and do that, right? But what I'm saying is that in this culture, to tell somebody to take up a cross was the most egregious curse you could ever say on, to somebody. People put people in jail for saying this. Well, you know, I know I beat him up, judge, but, uh, and I know he's hurt pretty bad, but he did tell me to take up a cross, and the judge is like, he shouldn't have done that. Slap on the wrist. They literally have court records that they've found saying these things. And yet Jesus says, this is what you do. Wow. that hurts my head, right? For anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, you know, I love to give like kind of tests to be able to think about things and think about check ourselves before we rickety wreck ourselves, right? And so if I was to ask you, like I've got, I have had people literally get angry with me. You guys heard one of the testimony from Cody. Like he said he wanted to punch me in the face, man. Well, Cody ain't here today. So I, we can talk about him this time, right? But when I could simply confronted him about something I saw, right, he got so mad at me, right? It, it's, a, it's remarkable to me. Because if I was to ask most people in here, do you love Jesus, what would you say? Absolutely, right? Absolutely, I'd, I'd say, I lo- man, yes, I love Jesus. But how can you love somebody Who divides families. Which is what Jesus said he was going to do. How can you love somebody. Who calls a single mom a dog. Like Jesus did in Matthew 15. How can you love someone that makes a whip. And commits assault and battery on somebody. As he did in John 2. When he cleansed the temple for the first time. How can you love somebody. That calls his best friend Satan. As Jesus said to Peter. And how can you love somebody that tell somebody in their grief you don't need to go to your dad's funeral if you're going to follow me let's roll amazing right because it's not about making somebody feel good or at peace or it's not about Jesus saying i want you to be at, 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 like i want you to 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 be, be not uh, not mad at me or anything like that it is it is truly to point people to the father it is to point people to god so that they will be at peace with him can i get an amen on that See, don't forget, all scripture must be read in context and those things in context with the historical understanding of what's going on will make absolute total sense. But if we love and we fall in love with a Jesus that is not in the scriptures, the hippie guru Jesus that sits around in a lotus position in a tie-dye shirt, smoke, you know, smoking whatever and having it burning incense and saying, oh, man, all peace, all love, all that. That's not who Jesus is, but that's how we kind of make him to be, don't we? And that's who we want him to be, right? Because that's the comfortable Jesus. Jesus is going to challenge me. But over and over, Jesus does all kinds of things to challenge people. See, we can't define our own peace. One of our teachers, Matt Lee, said this. "Said When we don't have what we think we should have, we find ourselves asking for peace. See, a peacemaker is, is one of two things. A peacemaker is, number one, at peace with God Himself. Number two... A peacemaker that Jesus said is blessed, that is known by God, is someone who helps others be at peace with God. Blessed are the peacemakers, those who help people be at peace with God. Amen? And that's who we are. See, our vision of making disciples who make disciples who make disciples is all about being a a peace maker is not about all about teaching people what the scriptures say it's about helping people be at peace with god hey and i see and and, I, and, I, and it's like i i see this in you and this is what god said in his word how do we help you get there is what it means to be a disciple See, we have disciple makers that have gone through a discipling process that have been released and that are trusted to help you to help others become at peace with God, and sometimes it makes an uncomfortable conversation, doesn't it? Sometimes Pete, doesn't it? Sometimes Keith, right? It does. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Like, like, like Jesus never said not to judge in this, in this, in the aspect of not to ever address someone's sin. What he said: don't judge in the in the same manner. You're judging others; you'll will, you will be judged. But he says to take the plank out of your eye, then deal with the speck in your brother's eye. He didn't say ignore the speck. He goes, dude, check yourself, right? Make sure you're straight with God. Be at peace with God yourself and help others to be at peace with him as well. See, a surgeon, I think of this whole idea of discipleship and peacemaking is, is like a surgeon who opens up somebody, Right? Takes out this tumor, whatever's jacked up, messed up, and closes that somebody, and there's this thread that helps people to close. What some people tend to do is they'll they'll say, Oh, you're in sin. They'll open it up, boom, but won't help them close it. Right? And we can't do that either. But it's, it's like being in a in in God's river. Man, I, I love this whole idea of like being in, in just going wherever God flows, being at absolute peace with him is what it means to be. In God's will, like wherever you take me, God is where I go. It's not my will, your will be done. But man, we tend to fight that current. No, God, that can't be right. That can't be what you want me to do. You can't tell me that I got to say this to this one person. I can't confront this person. God, I can't do that. That's not right. And we're ultimately stopping our peace with him until he deals with us in the appropriate time. James, the brother of Jesus, said this to the early church. He said, don't you know, in James 4, 4, He said, said, you adulterous people, you're cheating on God, right? Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Now, we're not intentionally going to try to make enemies. It's going to happen when when we try to make peace with God and help others do the same. The the enemy will, will wrap up his activity. And we're all kind of, some of us are going through some of that right now. In Romans 5, starting in verse 6, he said, You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless... Christ died for the ungodly very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man though for a good man some might possibly, might possibly dare to die but God demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners Christ died for us and that's that gift that he gave and we ought to have a bow that makes everybody know that we are at peace in a way that doesn't make any understand that they can't understand Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled. This wages of sin is death. Jesus paid those wages. Reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Prophet Isaiah said in, verse, in, in, in chapter 53, starting in verse 4, he says, Surely he took up our pain. This is like reading out of the New Testament, and yet it was written 700 plus years or so before Jesus ever came to the earth. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered and punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted, but he was pierced for our, for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace, not peace with the world, right? Not peace that an election can bring, not peace that a nuclear bomb could bring, none of that stuff, this is, this is bigger than that. The punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. And we know this is a battle. We know this is a war. We know this is a spiritual fight. That we win because God has said so. But we've got to fight it, don't we? Ephesians 6, and we'll finish with this, says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full tie-dye shirt, cut off jeans, of God, put on the full t-shirt and jeans of God, put on the full tuxedo of God, put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Man, the spiritual battle is real. And some of us are being victimized when we don't need to be victimized. Some of us need to understand our place and if we're not at peace with God, man, we are in trouble. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist right with the breastplate of righteousness in plate with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword i didn't come to bring peace came to bring a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And I want to close with this last thing that, that Paul said here to the church in Ephesus. And I want you to be praying for me in this. I'm asking this prayer for you, for me, I'm praying this for you. I'm asking that you pray this for one another. Because this is what he says. Pray also for me. That whenever I open my mouth. And Paul's in prison here. Guys. Whenever I open my mouth, he didn't pray. Pray for me that I get set free. He knew that he already was. Wherever I open my mouth. Words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, which we talked about at the very beginning of this message, for which I am an ambassador in chains. I pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And all God's people said, Amen. Father, we love you. And we thank you. This is a great day in you, Lord. Wonderful, wonderful a wonderful brokenness among us, Lord. You have said that you show this this kind of favor. You show favor to this kind of person, one who is humble, one who is broken, and one who trembles at your word. Someone who is broken in spirit, submissive in spirit, Lord. And God, so many of us are, are coming in this morning rebelling against you. Man, man, I pray, Lord, that's nobody in here, man. I really do. But in our heart of hearts, Lord, there are many days that I'm rebelling against you myself. And so, Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your salvation. But I also thank you that you wake me up in your special way. I pray that you wake us up and that we ultimately become peacemakers the way you have designed it, the way you have set it. Not necessarily peace with others, although we strive for that lord but we ultimately strive that others and ourselves are at peace with you and whether or not people like us for it god we just hope that they are thankful later even in the midst of their current anger we love you god we thank you god that this gift you have given us that we have this bow of peace that we have with you it gives us confidence It gives us a swagger that can only come from you. And we thank you for it. It is in your son's amazing and beautiful and wonderful, awesome name. All God's people in the house said, Amen.